You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaise Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. On today's show, we have Nancy Young, who is a current hearing aid user and patient of ours at Audiology Services. Nancy, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm enjoying being here. Nancy, you have presented with hearing loss for quite some time. Can you briefly share with us your background, what the profession with which you were in? Sure. Well, once upon a time, (laughs) many years ago, my mother-in-law was very hard of hearing. In fact, she was almost deaf. So we started taking her for hearing aids when she agreed to wear them. And we learned a little bit about that. And then... um, She didn't pass away until she was 104 and left her hearing aids, which, of course, I wanted them left with us. And I heard that they could be reconfigured to fit one of us, my husband or myself. And I was sure my husband was hard of hearing. So, of course, we went to the same hearing specialist that we liked very much. And guess who was hard of hearing? I was. He wasn't. And she told me that I was hard of hearing at a level that affected what I did because I, at the time, I w- I'm a math teacher by training, but I took up a hobby known as rug braiding, and I started teaching it to women in our home in Maine. And she said, because you still deal with uh, the population, which is mainly women, and that's the frequency you're missing, it would help you to have these reconfigured for you. And so she did that. And I wore them on and off for years. And eventually... They weren't working very well anymore. I guess I went to get my hearing checked again, got a new pair of hearing aids. And again, I wore them on and off. Because with hearing, it's so gradual that you don't really realize how bad it is until you learn to hear better. (laughs) So that was about the general history. Hearing loss takes a long, long time. One of the things that made me really aware of how much better hearing was, was the trips I've taken and the fact that we wear something called a whisperer, which we got hung around our neck. And even in New York City, in Times Square, we could hear what the director was telling us a block away. And I thought things could be a lot better than they are. I live in a senior residence where I would swear half the people there are hard of hearing. Unfortunately, we do not have a very good hearing situation there when we have group things going on. And I started looking into better hearing aids. And um, I guess what made me come here was we moved from Maine down to Pennsylvania. And and I used to travel to Lansdale, which was too far away. And then I heard about the Delfinos in Nazareth and was extremely happy with my association with them. Well, thank you, Nancy. We, like I said, you I'm know, not getting paid for this. <laughs> I should be, maybe. <laughs> We've got you covered with wax guards. That's not a problem. Yeah, right. So, Nancy, it's interesting. If we if we bring it back a little bit, how many years ago was it that you wore your first pair of hearing aids? Uh, I would guess until about 15 years ago. You know, we would still consider you to be a long-time hearing aid user. 15 years is, of course, a long time wearing and using hearing technology. So prior to wearing hearing aids... What would you say your most difficult listening situations were? Before wearing hearing aids? I don't know because I missed it. I mean, you know, you don't know what you're missing until you really start to have a hearing loss. 
The thing that really makes me want to wear them all the time now, and the reason I came here was people would laugh at jokes, and I got to the point where I didn't feel I could say, what did they say again, and hear the punchline. And when people are laughing and you don't know what they're laughing about, you soon start to back into the closet kind of, and you just sit there. And I'm not the kind that wants to sit there. I want to hear what's going on. You are very active in the community. You're very active where you live. And you are definitely an advocate for those who do present with hearing loss. And and this is something that I've learned about you throughout the time we've worked together. So what do you think drives you personally to continue to raise awareness of hearing loss, of hearing health care? And if you do present with a hearing issue, you need to do something about it. Well, when you're missing half of what goes on, uh, we would go out for luncheons down where the younger people, 78, I'm 88, the younger people where I live, live in cottages and they go out to eat for dinner and they are at a table of about 10 or 12 people. And that's hardly a good time to hear. And then I wasn't crazy about the food either. And I thought, I'm not going to go to any more of these, which ends your social opportunities under those circumstances. That bothered me. So many people where I live are hard of hearing and they have hearing aids and they don't wear them. And that's sad because obviously they're not seeing how well they can work. And what I like about the Delfinos here, you seem to have every gadget there is (laughs) to figure out a better way for me to hear with some clarity. And I like that. It's interesting, Nancy, and thank you for the compliment in terms of, you know, we have a very modern office here and It's really in the best interest of our patients because our goal is to introduce our patients to a new hearing world in a way that is effective for them, for their family, things of that nature. And Dr. Delfino, I'd love for you to to expand on this. Why is it so important that audiology practices continue to implement best practice, that being utilizing real ear measurement, implementing use of the AFAB, the IOIHA, speech noise testing? Because... Everything that we've done with Nancy and and the majority of our patients have programming the hearing aids correctly, this is why she is doing extremely well with her hearing technology. Our decisions with regard to fitting some with amplification really are data-driven. The more information I have with what's going on in your ear, the better I'm able to represent that best hearing model in your ear. And so that by doing not only a complete audio eval, but I also want to find out how well are you going to do in speech? I found it interesting when you were talking about when you would go to Manhattan and you noticed that when they were wearing the whisper, you were you were able to hear them block away. Those, those systems are set up with, at that time, certainly an advanced technology where the speech was being sent directly to your ear. It reduces the signal to noise ratio. And that's what I wanted to find out when I tested you as well. When we added some background noise and I wanted to see how that impacted your ability to understand speech. So it gave me the ability to gauge what is the signal to noise ratio, what works best for uh, Nancy. And that has every every influence on how well you are going to manage communicatively what's being said, not only in quiet, but in background noise. And that's why I'm I'm hoping that's why you're wearing them as, as often as you are. I do. I wear them all all day now. Sometimes I forget to put them on in the morning if I don't turn on television. You don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. And then, whoops, I forgot them. I'm still pretty good at reading lips. In fact, I do depend on that. With these masks, it's very difficult. Yes. 
It's all about accessibility, which is very important. And I'm curious to know, Nancy, the hearing instruments that you wore 15 years ago that were essentially handed down. Yeah. Well, they were reconfigured. Reconfigured or reprogrammed to fit your type and degree of hearing loss. What are a few of the differences that you've noticed between the older hearing technology to the hearing technology that we fit you with? Well, of course, it's much better, but my hearing is also a lot worse. So the the comparison is is very very clear, Li- figuratively and literally. Big words. Another <laughs> Susquehannian. <laughs> I wish that the places like where I live would be accepting of what the most recent thing is. I know in Europe they have something called um, it goes around the room. A loop system. A loop system. Yes, correct. And I don't think there's anyone in Bethlehem that has that. I, I don't know if there is, but that is an actually an older technology, and it works based upon an electromagnetic field, and the hearing aids are set up using their telecoil. It works wonderful with developing good speech and noise relationships. We have a situation where I live, if I may talk about it a little Please, bit. Sure, yeah. Um, it was built without an auditorium, and that was to be added at a later date. Well, of course, it hasn't happened, and... So anything uh, that we hear as a group in a in that kind of environment has to be in the atrium. Well, the sound, it's terrible. Half the people can't hear it and half of them can't even see it because of the columns. I can't believe that we elderly people put up with that kind of thing. I, I think we could go out and do a bit of promoting. I would certainly help it where I am. Nancy, that's something that personally I admire so much about you because when you first joined our hearing family – and we fit you with the technology, you've always been active in the community in raising awareness of hearing health care. How can I connect my peers and my colleagues to a better listening and understanding experience? And I think that that is so important because you are a firm believer in advanced technology that is going to allow you to better communicate and effectively communicate with friends and family. And you're, like I said, very active in the community. Do you feel more confident in the listening situations you are currently in today? I know maybe large groups aren't uh, on top of the list now due to the current state of affairs, but with your new hearing technology, would you say that you feel more confident in complex listening situations with your hearing technology? Well, certainly more than I did. But I love some of the equipment you have. The one where I, you said this is where your the hearing should be and this is where you are. And then you're fooling around on the computer while I'm watching. I love graphs because I taught math. Math, sure. And I can see where you're putting my hearing up at, within the range where the best, you know, where I could hear better. I think the new technology is incredible. And I guess it's only going to get better. If you don't know what you're missing, you don't know <laughs> what to ask for, you know? And that really plays into um, some of the cognitive decline not being able to hear and to focus and to be interactive certainly um, dulls the senses, to say the very least, so that by providing them with that kind of auditory stimulus where they are feeling connected, where they're interacting, will certainly help to bolster any of the cognitive decline that might be occurring. Be happier. The woman I brought here uh, two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. she uh, is very, very happy with what she has. She's having a little difficulty, I think, fitting that mold in her ear, which she needs for the extra help she needs. But she's 95 years old, 
And when Blaze talked to her and didn't even yell, it was just amazing. And she heard you what you said. That was a moment that that was great. And that's a reminder of really why we do what we do. Here. Yeah, I can see you can f- feel good about it. But you do have a lot of technology I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I guess you deliberately, well, you're so young, you keep up with it. Which is, again, in the best interest, right, of of the patient to ensure that we're implementing best practices. Nancy, out of curiosity, what would you say to individuals, colleagues, peers of yours who feel as though they are struggling to hear, what would you tell them to sort of prompt them to, you know, go get your hearing tested because there are so many comorbidities linked to untreated hearing loss? i tell them to come here. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> really, you. I would, and I have. It's a personal thing like dentists kind of. You have to go to a place that you feel comfortable and they have the latest technology to help you with the best they can for what you have wrong with you. And I feel that's what I'm getting here. Good. I think some of these places, maybe they are good, but you have the, I have the feeling they're more in it for the money. And of course, that's what you hear all the time. It's, they're so expensive, but they help you. You know, it's what you spend money on when you get older. You don't spend it on bright cars. You want the best, at least most people do, to communicate and do what you need. And it's, it's essential too, because we, we firmly believe in connecting our patients and reconnecting them to their new hearing world. So we always say hear life's story because there are so many different comorbidities linked to untreated hearing loss, such as cardiovascular disease, increased risk of cognitive decline or dementia of the Alzheimer's type. Individuals who present with hearing loss are at an increased risk of depression and social isolation. Nancy, what have you seen just amongst your own peer group in terms of social isolation, do you find that some individuals will begin to socially isolate or maybe not participate as much? Absolutely. I mean, really? Yes, of course. And when when I walk down the halls where I live, of course, I'll call to some and they won't hear me at all. They stop talking and communicating or doing very much. And that's something that we, again, as as a team, it's sort of you know, you're part of our hearing family and it's so amazing what we're able to do with our patients is raise awareness of overall hearing health care because it's so essential. Not enough people, I believe, understand the negative impacts that are associated with hearing loss. Dr. Delfino, you've been in audiology for over 35 years. Have you personally noticed an increase in education just when you first started in the field to now? And how do you think we can better educate current hearing aid users, and future hearing aid users. Clearly, there's been a um, an explosion of information based upon a number of different platforms that are available to everyone. But yes, there has been more education, but not enough. Not enough education is being done. And I think what part of the, part of the reason why we're doing this, this podcast is to certainly to raise awareness. In your story, Nancy, when you talked about jokes that were being said that you didn't hear and you found yourself backing into the closet, again, creating your own form of isolation, it wasn't until you had gone to a hearing healthcare professional where you realized, yes, I'm, I have the, I'm the one with the hearing loss. I'm the one that needs the help. And so it was that education that started you on your journey, but you were already feeling somewhat isolated. And I think this continual providing information about technologies, 
hearing tests, what can be done, loop systems, all those things are going to help with uh, raising awareness and letting people know that there's something that can be done. Let's take a quick break. Running a private practice is challenging, and it's especially difficult if you're using a management software system that's out of date or doesn't really fit your needs. As a former private practice owner, I personally found Cycle to be such an incredible tool that is easy to use and is really in the best interest of my patients. Cycle provides you with industry-specific workflows and features for a smooth-running front office, and if you've been listening to the Hearing Matters podcast, you will know that I believe that the front office staff is really the most important position in a hearing care clinic. Learn more at cycle.com. That's S-Y-C-L-E.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And I think, I don't think the younger people really know how this affects us. They don't feel it's that important. So the goal the overall goal of, of course, implementing the use of hearing technology is to decrease listening effort and increase speech understanding. It's interesting. We did a podcast episode with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Douglas Beck. He is one of the most prolific authors in audiology, and he reported that when we talk about effortful thinking, effortful thinking can actually be measured through what we call pupillometry, where we could actually see the size of the pupils when someone is thinking effortfully. They're putting a lot of effort into their thinking. Well, we found the same thing with effortful listening really? with this concept of pupillometry. Before you started to wear hearing technology, tell me about some of the, the instances and circumstances where maybe you felt as though you had to put a lot of effort to understand what was being said. I just didn't like to be the one that's sitting at the back left out of everything. Sure. And you want to live life. I was, yeah. Why am I there? Except that I want to know what's going on. And then people get impatient saying, you can't keep saying what every time. And then you don't do it. Did you find that to be, well, of course, you are you are essentially an early adopter. You You see a problem or a challenge and you want to solve that. That might be the mathematician in you, right? So well, it has to do with my welfare, yeah. That too, huh. your, your overall health and well-being. So when we're discussing the overall cognition associated with, and we were just discussing the effortful listening and implementing so much effort, when you are going to different plays, you're going to Broadway, you're speaking with your friends maybe in social outings, do you feel as though that the hearing technology has definitely decreased that effort that you need to put forth to understand? With hearing aids? Absolutely. When you don't know what they're saying, you can't really talk to them. Dr. Delfino, what have you noticed in terms of working with individuals who present with hearing loss and the effort that they have to put forth without hearing technology? I can really relay a story with regard to my own family. My father was a pediatrician who was hearing impaired. That's how you got into this? That is certainly one of the influences, yes. Um, And and we had noticed that he struggled on the telephone. He struggled conversations with the family. He always seemed to be on edge because everything that he was listening to, he needed to listen to with great intent. 
He was fit with amplification in the early 80s. He actually had two surgeries done um, in New York, stapedectomies, which improved the hearing. But throughout the years, we were able to see this man going from this somewhat angry, unhappy physician to a much more mellow, open to conversation. As a young man, I understand he was very, very social, and the hearing loss had brought him to a point where he was not. And having the the surgeries and then finally the amplification um, near the end of his, his life, he was very social, very interactive. He had a lot to say. And for, for me, it was one of the greatest ways in which to observe how amplification can reduce that listening effort and allow someone to, again, reemerge as they were at another time in their life. Nancy, out of curiosity, if you don't have your hearing instruments in maybe for a day or two, really my question is, how dependent are you on your hearing aids? Well, first of all, I don't have them out for a day or two anymore. <laughs> That's and, important. Well, That's and, good. And I, and I go get them. I go get them. I'll say, wait a minute. And my daughter will say, to, <laughs> my, da- my daughter and her husband have frequencies that, uh, that are very difficult for me to hear without hearing aids. They seem to talk in a whisper, and they kind of do. But with hearing aids, I can hear them. But So they're always saying, do you have your hearing aids in? And, of course, I go get them. I'm not. <laughs> embarrassed at all by it, but I, in fact, not at all. My mother-in-law used to have hearing aids that were molds in her ear, and they always, you know, squeaked. It was horrible. Yeah. A lot of feedback with that older and technology. See, something like that immediately should have been taken care of if it could have been. Yes, it could have but been. But I don't know that it could have been because yes. it, it has to be tight. Yes. And then it loosens when you chew and when you talk and as you age so that you have to, I don't know how... How often you have to go to get that adjusted, but I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. And I was pleased to see that Peg had that additional mold in her ear, which she needed for her hearing loss. Sure. It really is remarkable that she can hear. And now the family is making other things available to her so that she's not all alone there in the house. Let's address one thing that keeps people from getting hearing aids, and that's the cost. Yeah, tell us more. Well, of course, they're very expensive. What do you buy that's that? Of course, we're getting used to expenses like that because of medicine, <laughs> which if you've had any dealing with nursing homes and anything serious, you know it's thousands of dollars. So hearing aids, don't, by comparison, do not seem quite so wild. But there are places that, you know, have you drop in and get hearing aids and they're sure. like half the price. Sure, absolutely. A lot of it comes down to the professional themselves, right? Hearing aids are only as good as the individual tuning them and fitting them. That's what you have to promote. What I know that we do here extremely well is we implement best practices. We, we treat our patients like their family, but we also take the holistic approach of we don't hear with our ears, we hear with our brain. What's the difference between maybe uh, a big box store and a private audiology practice is that personal care. It really comes down to that personal care. Dr. Delfino, if you'd like to expand. Certainly, the, the quality of the instruments is, is vastly different as well. And you can just imagine with regard to what it costs, uh, if they're able to provide something at a lower retail cost, their, their manufactured cost is much, much less as well. But that also limits the level of technology which they're able to use. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons why we do best practices and we do all that testing with all that fancy modern equipment is because we get lots of data. And so that, again, I know exactly what's going on in that person's ear. 
a basic instrument, even what they can, what they may consider to be premium, just never gets you to the point where you need to be. And the way that we know that is, again, by doing that realier measure, that, that graph you were talking about before. That is proof positive that all the testing that was done, that the instrument itself is set so that it is performing at a, at a peak level. That's, that's the difference between big box store and, and certainly a, a, a professional audiology practice. When you, when you go for a knee replacement, it's not something you're going to buy online. You want to find out who's doing it, what manufacturer, these, what, what is, what, have there been any recalls on the product? It's That's a, a good those analogy. Are all issues. Those are all issues. So, you know, your, your health is very important, not only to you, but to us as well. So We said this in, a, in an earlier episode, Nancy. We, we always say this, is that the cost of untreated hearing loss is greater than the yeah, price of the good. hearing aid. And That's a good point. Here at our practice at Audiology Services, like I said, we take that holistic approach. I personally have a background in speech-language pathology. So remember you had your follow-up appointments, things of that nature. I'm not just going to ask you, well, how are you doing with your new hearing technology? It's more so, okay, we have these outcome measurements, one of them called the abbreviated profile of hearing aid benefit. So it's a way that we can measure how you're doing and how you're performing through your eyes. It's not just a, an open-ended question of, so how are you doing? No, we have ways to measure how you're doing. There's something else that I didn't mention, and I'm sure you know. It's not the sound level. It's the articulation that people without hearing this. Exactly. That is the main thing. Clarity. The, articu- the clarity. Absolutely. And I think that has to be fine-tuned. Absolutely. Loudness does not. If you make everything louder... That doesn't necessarily solve the problem, right? What we're looking for is greater clarity and understanding your speech and noise scores. You present with what would be considered a good uh, speech discrimination score uh, in the upper 80% range. But as soon as we tested your speech and noise scores, you dropped to about 40% speech understanding, which is why we were able to make a data-driven decision and recommend hearing technology that would be best for your type and degree of hearing loss, your social activity level, speech and noise score, and budget. I think when people have something that really works, it's well worth the price. You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs. Today, we had a very special guest, Nancy Young, on the show. She is a current hearing aid user and patient at Audiology Services. Until next time, hear life story. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode, and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also, head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button, and let's connect. And as a team, we can continue to help our community hear life story.